Today on TE, I want to present to you the popularity and impact Latasha Morrison and the Be the Bridge ministry has had. I will also present Jenny Allen and her ministry's influence in the spreading of this anti-racist diversity, equity, and inclusion training program that is Be the Bridge. Was this ministry built on the scriptural teaching of justice and unity? Or was it built on Latasha's expertise and vision on diversity and her life experience? Discipleship is the goal, but who is the master? Let's dive in. Segregation. Privilege. Hate. Lies. Ignorance. Fear. Hypocrisy. Injustice. In an era where we are increasingly divided by racial lines, many are hesitant or they refuse to or they're fearful of stepping into the gap. We're fearful of saying or doing the wrong thing. At times, the silence, particularly from the church, is deafening. We are desperately in need of a resource that teaches us how to confront our hearts, expose our thoughts, and reevaluate everything that we've ever thought about race. To truly bridge the divide. Stereotypes. Indifference. Oppression. Apathy. Disunity. Hopelessness. Denial. Be the Bridge is that resource. It presents a compelling vision of what it means for every follower of Jesus Christ to become a bridge builder that is committed to pursuing justice and racial healing in light of the gospel. I invite you to join us on this journey toward racial reconciliation. Be courageous. Be a reconciler. Be honest. Be the Bridge. What's going on Thrive Summit? I am here with Latasha Morrison. Man, it has just been a pleasure to see the journey that God has her on. First of all, I want to start off by saying congratulations on being a New York Times bestseller. <laughs> you are on the list. My guest today has been called a bridge builder, a reconciler. She's been voted by Ebony Magazine as one of the one of their power 100 people in 2017. Latasha Morrison, thanks for joining us on 100 Huntley Street. It's great to be here. So I have invited uh, Latasha Morrison to be with us here. Tasha, you and I have been friends for a while and you've really helped me a lot in my journey of trying to understand what's going on in our country. And you have started these uh, Christ-centered conversations uh, with a discussion guide. And she picked up the phone and I just said, girl, and we just laughed for a few minutes. And I said, Tasha, there is no one else I want to speak to the people of Soul City on what it means for us to be a church at this very moment. Will you come and talk to the people of Soul City Church? And she graciously said yes. So Soul City, will you help me welcome my friend and one of my mentors, Latasha Morrison. Help us understand how people of faith can promote racial healing. Tasha Morrison of Breathe the Bridge joins me from Austin, Texas. Tasha, thank you so much for joining us. At Edge, we just wrapped up our second season of Refuel and Recharge, a series focused on the topic of racial reconciliation that highlighted perspectives from five different noted authors, speakers, and bridge builders. To this end, it is my pleasure to introduce you to Latasha Morrison. Latasha is one of the most sought after speakers on the topic of diversity and unity. And enjoy this weekend to welcome Latasha Morrison. She is the founder of Be The Bridge, a nonprofit committed to helping people become ministers and ambassadors of racial reconciliation, author of the book by the same title. 
she is a diversity expert. She's going to tell us how to break the code at, at Facebook because she got some money from them. We're going to talk about her program. Yes, I'm going there. Let me welcome Latasha Morrison. Welcome to the Karen Hunter Show. How you doing, Karen? I'm good. And I'm here with Latasha Morrison. I know Latasha Morrison because I have heard Jenny Allen talk about you all the time, um, both from her platform as well as just one-on-one. Today, my guest on the happy hour is my friend Latasha Morrison. Tasha and I first met years ago when she invited me to be a part of this group that she was setting up. The group didn't even have a name. The group didn't have anything, but it was the original Be The Bridge group. Latasha is a diversity expert and a unity champion that is spearheading a global movement to equip Christians to be the bridge across the racial divide. With a surprising blend of unapologetic candor and genuine hope, she encourages the church to lead the charge in the pursuit of justice and reconciliation. So we're known at Be The Bridge for our small groups, right? You know, that's kind of what we're known, that small group atmosphere. So a lot of people don't know that we actually have a training department. So can you tell everybody, I know it's so crazy. So can you tell everybody a little bit about the training department and what you guys do? Yeah, of course. Um, So our training department really bursted specifically after the events of um, summer of 2020 with the murders of George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor. Um, And there was this increased demand of questions like, what can I do? What can we do? Um, And not only having those questions asked at the individual level, but also at the communities and organizations and churches levels. Um, And so at Be The Bridge, uh, we were already starting to do these trainings before these events even took place. Um, But because of the increased demand, we realized that we needed an actual department um, that can focus solely on this. Um, And so now we have a specific team of educators that fully focus on training across different environments. Um, We have educators that have expertise on schools. We have educators that have expertise on churches and organizations, both for-profit and non-profit. And our goal is to develop those that are going through our training um, from not just being in a workplace that is not racist, but being in a workplace that is actively being anti-racist, actively being anti-racist and moving towards racial healing and reconciliation. Um, And so we do this through a three-day workshop for organizations and communities with either a faith-based content or a values-based content um, that delivers training on cultural intelligence, anti-racism, and implicit bias. If you've been online and read through or even just skimmed through our resources, you quickly realize they are granular and exhaustive by design. So how do we come up with all of this? So obviously, uh, much of this comes from the vision of the, the Lord's given Latasha Morrison. And so she's got tremendous background and experience and working in incredibly diverse contexts. Right. And so much of it comes from her own lived experience. Uh, and I was just from Atlanta. And so she has grown up around black people her entire life. Uh, but then also she's been in some incredibly diverse and multi-ethnic spaces. She's gone on record and talking about working uh, at predominantly white churches. And that's really how the Be The Bridge material got founded because in the midst of all these issues that were going on, uh, Latasha really felt like there was a deeper conversation that could happen, one that went beyond the surface. And so she began to write out uh, what type of community would she want to be a part of. An organization like Be The Bridge in particular is such a gift to the body of Christ, you know, because Latasha is all about discipleship and uh, leading congregations and leaderships, uh, the leadership team of a congregation toward a healthy racial discipleship. And she's being pulled into spaces that, you know, are also, uh, you know, uh, not in the church and businesses and organizations, because a lot of businesses recognize instinctively what the church doesn't is that, you know, a healthy, uh, you know, healthy diversity 
diversity and healthy, a healthy environment around race leads to uh, flourishing. It leads to a healthier organization. And, and particularly when you're speaking about uh, large churches or organizations, you really need someone who has the expertise in this area or else you're gonna be on a hamster wheel going nowhere. And in fact, you may do a lot of harm by not doing that. Welcome to Thoroughly Equipped, podcast for women where we compare the popular women's ministry teachings, books, conferences, Bible studies, etc. to scripture. Our focus is 2 Timothy 3, 16-17, that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so the man or woman of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I'm your host, Malbatos. May this episode bless you and bring glory to God. Hey ladies, welcome to another episode of Thoroughly Equipped. So glad you could join me. If you are new, welcome. Before we dive into this episode and this topic, I want to talk about a podcast I've been listening to called Governed by God, found on the Christian podcast community. It's a great podcast that talks about the law, justice, and looking at it from a Christian perspective and going through scriptures and stuff like that regarding law and justice. And I thought this is great um, especially when we're talking about social justice. The last couple episodes, he's been doing a study of Democracy in America by Alexis D. Tocqueville. I hope I pronounced the last name correctly. Um, and in this book or this writing, he gives a chapter, which I thought was very fascinating, on the women in America in the 1830s. And he's comparing the women in America to the women in France. Now, France at that time was very egalitarian. Uh, They believed in equality of roles and things like that. And so to see this, the, this gentleman, Alexis de Tocqueville, talk about the differences was fascinating. So if you're interested in that, the link for that is in the show notes. You can check it out. Again, Thoroughly Equipped is part of the Christian podcast community. There's just a bunch of great podcasts on there that you can uh, freely grow through and check out, and I highly recommend all of them. But let's get into today's topic. So the Be the Bridge book itself has quite an influence. It's really what placed Latasha Morrison on the map, granting her the New York Times bestseller and ECPA bestseller status. Uh, ECPA is the Evangel- Evangelical Christian Publishers Association. So not only was a, it a bestseller among the broad population, it was a bestseller among the Evangelical Christian population. The book also won the Christian Book Award from Christianity Today. So there is a broad influence that just the book, Be the Bridge, has had in the uh, the wider sphere. Now, Latasha has been interviewed or has given presentations uh, by channels such as 100 Hutley Street. They have over 500,000 subscribers uh, Think Media with 13,000 subscribers. The Barna Group channel, uh, it was 
part of the Thrive Conference in 2020. In March of last year, Latasha Morrison and Be the Bridge reached the wider population in an article released by Oprah Daily, a website of all Oprah's life and book recommendations. <laughs> um, there is also a U version. Yeah, many people that know the U version app. There's a Be the Bridge study on the U version app. But as Latasha Morrison is the creator and visible face of the Be the Bridge ministry, what a lot of people don't know is that Be the Bridge is in actuality a DEI training program, as we had heard in the opening clip. They conduct training in high schools, universities, women's ministry, of course, churches, businesses, and even adoption programs. I don't know how much you guys know about this whole white supremacy, white privilege, um, but it's something to be aware of that even the white privilege training has entered into well, white privilege and white fragility training has entered into adoption programs. Governmental adoption programs require that if you're going to adopt biracial child, you go through basically white supremacy training. <laughs> anyway, so that was very interesting for me to find out. Now, this whole woke narrative, white supremacy, white privilege narrative has had a grasp in the insti the educational institutions for quite a while, but the last couple of years we've seen just it explode into the culture. And Be the Bridge, because of that, Be the Bridge has really, really grown exponentially. There is a demand for DEI training, and Be the Bridge has a hand in that. This is the Be the Bridge Impact Report. Um, I think it's for 2022. Uh, yes, because the last reported year they will report on is 2021. But um, this is basically a 25 letter PDF talking about its growth from its foundation all the way up to 2022. So um, in here, you can get a lot of information about how it started, what they did over the years to expand and um, just produce more training stuff and how um, what they kind of plan on doing moving forward. So. Just going to read some of this stuff off of you. Those of you who are listening on the podcast, I will read it. But uh, you can also see this on the YouTube channel as I scroll through it. Um, so she states, or the people who created this state, that in 2015, Latasha Morrison gathered a diverse group of Christian friends to process the current state of race and racism in America. They met regularly to learn and listen from one another. And in fact, we'll dive into this a little more further on in the episode. So stay tuned for that. This year, they go on to say, we celebrated five years of Be the Bridge, which has evolved into a thriving global community and a robust collection of resources. Some of those resources include 2000 Be the Bridge groups. Now get 
just remember, I think now it said five years. Do that. So this is 2021. Okay. So correction, 2021. That's two years ago. Okay. Back in 2021, they had 2,000 Be The Bridge groups and counting. More than 74,000 members in our main Facebook group. Last time I checked, it was now 78,000 members for just one group. Now, there are other Be The Bridge Facebook groups that, um, that look, they have the same symbol on it, and many other people join it. Like, I don't know if the same people that are joined to the original Facebook group join those other ones, but um, if that's the case, you can then combine. It's kind of a hard way to figure out how many people are actually in a Facebook group just because of the many Facebook groups uh, that are titled Be The Bridge. There's 24,000 downloads of our discussion guides an anti-racism training program that was developed. Nearly 800,000 podcast downloads, by the way. Now it is over a million. And countless eyes opened and hearts changed, is what they say. So we have 2015, the Facebook group forms. By 2016, they are funded, or they start as a 501c3, and receive a $40,000 grant from Legacy Collective. The second edition of our discussion guide is released. Now, the first a discussion guide is created in 2015. And you'll start to see uh, later on in this episode, well, I'll present to you just how If Gathering is connected to this. The release in 2017, the release of Be the Bridge 101, Foundational Principles Every White Bridge Builder Needs to Understand, that was released. And that's the book that we've been going through, the guide that we've been going through in 2018. Be the Bridge is awarded a $1 million grant from Facebook. She's Latasha is one of the f- one of five and only uh, correction. Latasha is one of five and the only one in North America, I think is what it means to say. Uh, organizi- organizational leaders to be selected as a resident in Facebook's community leadership program. In 2019, And in January of 2019, they host their live event in Atlanta, Georgia. And from the rest of here, you get to see how they start to build a full-time staff. Um, Then again, in uh, May, they have another live, which is held in Wilmington, North Carolina, for local bridge builders there. Uh, July, it says the youth program is launched from there. Um, they, they hire more people in the upper, in the director programs. In October, Latasha releases her book, Be the Bridge, Pursuing God's Heart for Racial Reconciliation. Again, the book that made, uh, New York Times bestseller. So they have at... In 2021, by then, they had 20,228 total donors, 22,000 webinar views. And I believe these webinar views are part of their um, DEI training. 24,000 discussion guide downloads. 2,000 Be The Bridge groups across all 50 states and in 15 countries, additionally. Our Facebook group has grown from 70 
in members in 2015 is 70,000, 74,000. Yeah, we already talked about that. Now, those of you who are listening to the podcast, there's a picture, a blatant picture of a person wearing a, a hoodie that says, training the next generation of anti-racism leaders. Like I said, they do not try to hide that they are blatant anti-racists. All right, and then on here, you can also see the programs that they developed over the years. And you have your community groups, you have your Facebook groups, which everybody is required to join the Facebook group. And if you haven't been listening to my previous episodes, one of the things that you should know about joining the Facebook group is for three months, you're to be absolutely pretty much quiet, not make any comments. You can like a post or somebody's comment in a discussion but you are not allowed to comment until after you have done your training and after you have read your guides. Um, and the Be The Bridge 101 Guide for White People is one of those guides. They have the Be The Bridge Youth Program, which is for anybody in high school looking to start an anti-racist training within their school. They have the Be The Bridge University, which is anti-racist training for colleges and they have be the bridge bipoc programs that uh, is about uh training the bipoc community to be in solitaire solidarity amongst each other to uh, um, as i have heard in the podcast many of them stating uh, being connected and unified in voicing uh the problems in America of insisting <laughs> on um, having reparations, as they call it, not what you would think monetarily, but reparations in the form of um, gaining power, putting BIPOC people in power. And so they, they believe that if they work together and encourage each other together, they can become more um, active, uh, be more active in their community this way by becoming leaders and be the bridge really helps them do that. I think because what you're going to end up seeing is they're going to prop up more of the BIPOC, more of the people of color to become leaders in this sphere. Uh, they will have white leaders, but the white leaders are still there to be humble and to learn from the BIPOC community to basically rehash this narrative that they need to submit to BIPOC leaders, basically is what will, where the differences lie. And that is why you have two different training programs. You have a training program for the BIPOC community and you have a training program for white people. They have uh, Be the Bridge TRA, which is transracial adoption. Um, it's a program intentional for intentional cross-race parenting. Um, unfortunately, it says here, unfortunately, many white parents enter transracial adoption ill-equipped to deal with the racial realities their child will face. This program provides a deeper understanding of the complexities of transracial adoption, equips adopted parents to increase to increase their racial literacy and explores the ethics of adoption. They have the Be the Bridge 101 program for white people, as we know. They have the Be the Bridge training. 
Be the Bridge Training provides interactive workshops to churches, organizations, and communities that train staff on cultural intelligence, anti-racism, and implicit bias. Our services include a thorough organizational analysis and comprehensive diversity audit with a tailored strategy for organizational restructures towards equity. And then, of course, they have that Be the Bridge ministry program itself, um, which provides tools and resources for pastors and church leaders who are seeking to lead from a place of racial literacy. This is a space for vocational ministers and church leadership to talk about issues, express concerns, and ask questions as they lead congregants, no matter the age. Within this space, they can also ask hard questions about racial literacy, healing, and reconciliation in their personal lives and the church. Who they partner with is interesting. And of course on here is the IF Gathering. And this is what it says here. In 2014, Latasha and Jenny Allen, founder of IF Gathering, began meeting with a group of women to have honest and hard conversations about race. They decided to model these conversations on stage at the IF Gathering conference. From there, the first Be the Bridge discussion guide was created. All right. $2.7 million is raised since 2016. They have 5,000 partners, financial partners. So the most recent launch is their now online training program called the Be The Bridge Academy, giving individuals the resources to start their own groups in a more grassroots movement. This is a very, very important thing that we need to take notice of. Be The Bridge has taken cues from the IF Gathering, just like Uh, Jenny Allen's ministry, which moved the movement's ministry to an online platform, making it completely accessible to any woman from any church. Be the Bridge has moved in the same direction, except it's not limited to just women, though I imagine it's mostly women who become involved in this type of social justice work. Now they have expanded with training online. And just like Any congregant can attend the IF gathering online. You have congregants from any church joining a training group. And if they are white, they'll be doing this 101 guide for white people to re-educate them on the new racism. But this was inevitable as the whole Be the Bridge training program was influenced by Jenny Allen herself and promoted at the first IF gathering conference and has been continually promoted ever since. To talk to a few people that were there from the beginning. So I have Miss Jenny Allen, the founder and visionary of If Gathering. But I actually met you personally um, for the first time after the first If Gathering at that luncheon that we had. So right. my, my friend Kim was like, hey, Jenny, I have heard that you want If Gathering to be diverse and that you care about that. You guys had this dream of pulling together, you know, I think it was Kim Patton originally saying, hey, let's meet after this mm-hmm. and let's, let's do this little group together. And I think we called it a reconciliation circle. Or And I did genuinely want to see If Gathering go in this direction. And I did not know how to do it. And I knew that. And so it was, yeah, it was the beginning of something super special. And we... We kind of all invited people and, and our group was pretty amazing. And we started meeting, was it once a month? 
Yeah, we were meeting like once or twice a month. We were we would kind of mix it up between social meetings and then also um, we were meeting at the African American Culture Center in um, Austin. And so we would meet to have a session, but we had no curriculum. It was no plan. You know, we were just kind of talking um, and, you know, and we had some poignant questions that we would talk about um, for the first like couple months. And, and yeah, I, I didn't know half the ladies there and what they did. But it was a power team. <laughs> yes, it was. It was. It just so it, happened. Almost everyone there had different yeah. realms that they were leading in. And yeah, what does restorative justice look like to you? Like, what did mm. I mean? What does this look like to you? Like, but this for me was always an issue that bumped so hard and tragically up against the gospel that it mm. had to be handled and dealt with from our stage. And I can't actually live behind the scenes, every issue that I care about. So I'm going to pick the ones that I can live out. And those are the things I'm going to, I'm going to use my platform for. And because of you and because of so many friends in my life that would speak truth to me, I was able to walk this out in private to where I felt confidence to, to speak about it more publicly. As I grew up and in the faith, I realized, no, the hope is through the church and, and how can we reform there? Um, now I, it's not to say that there's not a place for political reparations and all that. That is where my, my, I guess with some balance has come back into my life where I really am um, watching and hopeful. But the way I really feel called is through the church because we've got to be leading this. And you and I have Mm -hmm. seen the power the church has. And Mm -hmm. so that's not to negate the other. It's just to say for me personally, my calling um, really shifted from politics to local church and to discipleship. And and where I, I think we can help the church is to be engaged in the work, number one, relationally, to not ignore the work, to see the problem and to name the problem as racism Mm -hmm. and to do the work of repairing. And that begins, I've seen it best happen through relationships. That's how it's happened in my life. Um, And that's how I think the church is best poised for it to happen in theirs. And that's why I believe in Be the Bridge so deeply is because it's not just kumbaya, let's get together and let's talk about our problems. It's -hmm. it's contagious hope. It is, Mm. let's, let's spread this possibility that maybe we have been naive here, you know, especially white women and white men, you know, we have, we have not participated in what Jesus cares about in the way that he cares about it. And, and how do we realign our lives? And, and you've taught me like, it's using my voice. It's leveraging my relationships and my um, platform. It's, it is learning and reading and growing and not staying stagnant. Um, Mm -hmm. And in the one-on-one conversation, you know, you push me to the deeper, deeper, harder conversations. And so I think that that lifestyle for me has led to more advocacy, has led to um, hopefully more, you know, growth. What do you see? Like, you were really good. Like, you saw this for me before I saw it for myself. Mm-hmm. Like, let's talk about yeah. that. Because I have some audio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was really confident if I told you to record it. Like, you were like, listen. You know, and, you know, and I remember, but I remember that conversation um, so well. It was in your living room Mm -hmm. and we hadn't known each other that long, um, but you were like, this is it, Tasha. You were able to strategically think of how to multiply it and, and you didn't, you know, I mean, I called you weeks before it and said, Hey, let's do this conversation on our stage. Let's take what we've been doing privately and do it on the stage. Well, people hadn't been doing that at that point publicly in the church and in Christendom, a huge risk. And, and yeah, mm-hmm. you were like, yeah, let's do it. And, and we said, Hey, you know, wait a minute, something. wait a minute, wait a minute. 
Was it your idea? See, this no, it was your idea. It was your. It was definitely your idea. But let's get. When you ask me, uh, that, I was uh, going to skip over that part. You always skip over that part. I was like, first you said create a guide, and I had already, like you said, been thinking of just this process we have been going through, and I had written these words down: awareness, yeah. acknowledgement, shame, and get like just before this, probably a few months before this conversation. And so you were like, can you do a guide when you had just had it pray? And you said something short, like we need something simple. I know it's so complex, but like just to get people started, you know, I remember you saying that, right? (laughs) And that's when I was like, okay, to the guide. So that was around October. And then it wasn't until December, like almost January. It was like basically January where you said, we want to model this. We need to model. It's not just about having a guy. Let's model it. Yeah, that's where I, I was like, I feel like it might have been a few weeks before if, which is yes. the first of February. So that was, you know, more than a few It was weeks, very maybe. close. It was very close. And, and then we just threw y'all up on the stage. This is the part yes, I don't like. Ladies, now you know one of the ways critical race theory and anti-racist teaching has infiltrated the laity in the church. Yes, critical race theory most definitely was taught to men who would stand behind the pulpit through the sem- through the seminaries, but that's just one man whose goal, well, for the faithful ones, is to shepherd the flock, which involves the counsel of all of scripture. Get laity and women especially to be convinced that this is part of their salvation, sanctification, and purpose, and you have a grassroots movement, a movement that can bypass the pastor and blindside a faithful one. In fact, Be the Bridge did an episode on how they are entering the church. I took some important clips from this episode because it was a perfect example to present to you. We are talking to some incredible women from Hope Church, and we would love to open this up by just getting a, a picture of how you all connected with Be The Bridge. What did that beginning portion of the story look like? Sure. Uh, in 2016, Latasha spoke at If Gathering, um, and we were in attendance, um, and it stirred me. And so I ran out of that session, right, and talked to Beth um, and said, hey, we need to do something. We've been talking, how do we how do we build our outreach in our community? I said, we need to start somewhere else. We need to start digging in first. Um, and so that's kind of how we got that brought to hope is through that If Gathering speaking engagement. Wow, that's powerful. So you connected as many have uh, with Latasha at the If Gathering. So we got that initial connection and then we now hear of Beth and Hope Church. And how did this incredible work, this desire, this passion uh, to see God's kingdom and um, racial justice and racial reconciliation work happen? How did that start to bleed into hope and the life of the church? Yeah, so Beth is, uh, I think at the time, Beth was the connections pastor at Hope. And so that was her job, right? Connecting people with the places and things. So I, that's why I went to her. Um, and then she kind of took it from there. And uh, I would love to hear Rakisha, um, just how that conversation with Beth, um, how you navigated that, how did you all connect? And then had you had any prior connection to be the bridge before this conversation happened? 
think because I've spent a lot of time in politics, uh, a lot of people think that my disengagement and disappointment and brokenheartedness over conversations on race and injustice in that time had to do with politics. Uh, to be very honest with you, I was brokenhearted over what I saw was a lack of Christ-like character in white evangelical spaces that refused to disciple on anti-racism. So I stepped away from that space for quite a while, and um, I was introduced to Be the Bridge from another local church. I didn't go to the church, but Central Baptist was doing Be the Bridge and they wanted to invite me in to be a part of that discussion. And I said yes, because I desperately needed to have the conversation and I needed it to happen, happen with my brothers and sisters that were white. Um, so I participated in that. I learned a lot. I grew a lot. I got real honest about what it's like to grow up in all white evangelical spaces, to be um, kind of have issues of race covered up with language of brotherhood and sisterhood, only to find that my pastors and mentors in those spaces could not pastor me through the particular pain that racism and disenfranchisement causes. So I was um, angry, but also hungry for connection and conversation around this. So I went to the first Be The Bridge group, and then I connected with Beth, and she introduced me to Lisa, who has been my partner at Hope Church. I was pretty convinced that white evangelicals couldn't hear God. Um, but she could, and Beth could, and Hope Church open a space for this conversation that I think is so important, not just for people of color and white people who are geared toward justice, but I think the work of anti-racism and Be The Bridge is part of discipleship, and it's part of how we mirror Christ-like behavior to the world, so I'm, I'm grateful. Wow. Well, first of all, you are three incredible um, sisters and bridge builders, uh, to say the least. And so we, we thank you so much for engaging in this work and for being a part of birthing it at Hope Church. What is stated here, I think, by Rakesha is probably a foundational issue for why DEI training is rapidly growing within the evangelical church. Rakesha has just expressed here disappointment in the, quote, white evangelical church, end quote, for their lack of discipleship in anti-racism. Now, for old school, we would take what she said and interpret what she said as a disappointment in the church to disciple its white congregants to not show partiality and hatred against people of particular ethnicities or to exalt those of Caucasian ethnicities as better in some way. Someone receiving that statement with that sort of lens might be inclined to agree with Rakesha if they didn't actually understand that the term anti-racism means something completely different. I repeat this over and over in the previous episodes. Racism is no longer defined as a hatred or partiality against a certain ethnicity and skin color. Racism is a system of advantage based on race, involving cultural messages, misuse of power, and institutional bias, in addition to the racist beliefs and actions of individuals. 
Remember this clip? So white supremacy ideology has created systems that are founded in racism. A good definition of racism is economic, political, social, and cultural structures, actions, and beliefs that perpetuate an unequal distribution of privileges, resources, and power. While individual acts of racism exist in this definition, it's so much bigger. So with racism being not merely the mistreatment of an individual because of the color of their skin, but now that it's the system of advantages, privileges, and power that are claimed or assumed to be given to people of white skin color. Now that we know this, when our culture talks about white supremacy and white privilege and racism, this is what they mean. And so to be anti-racist is to be actively against power structures and institutions that are presumed to be built on whiteness. If you don't know what whiteness means, go back and listen to the episode I did about Be the Bridge 101 on training whites to divest themselves of whiteness to come to the understanding of what they mean by whiteness. And so um, in these institutions... Their goal is to not center white people and white ideas, and in the case of the church, to decenter white theology. And remember, there's no neutrality when it comes to anti-racism. Either you are anti-racist or you are racist. To say that you are against racism but not be actively submitting yourself as a white person to BIPOC leaders or as a BIPOC individual to be pursuing leadership position uh, and to be actively teaching others about racism, um, according to your standpoint. Really to just not be actively helping the BIPOC community raise to positions of power is to be actively racist and complicit in racism. So when Rakesha and others like her claim that anti-racist action is a discipleship issue, this is a belief that Christian discipleship is not really about the study of scripture, faith in Christ's work, or the individual sanctification into holiness, but it is the belief that discipleship is centered on fighting for equal distribution of power, privilege, and positions for those of the BIPOC community who promote the social justice and oppressed oppressor worldview. They are claiming that Christians are not following Christ's commands. Christians know that to be a disciple of Christ, we learn from our Lord and obey his commands. Anti-racism is really anti-white activism. Social justice and activism become the gauge to identify a disciple of Christ. I want to point this out because this is becoming a common theme or claim in the evangelical sphere that anti-racism and social justice is a discipleship issue. We must structure this discipleship around scripture. So when someone makes this claim, we need to ask, is that true? Does scripture call us to be anti-racist? Is anti-white activism what Jesus was instructing his disciples to fight for and is becoming an anti-racist part of our sanctification? Lord willing, I will address this claim in more detail in future episodes, but for now, I just want to point out what's being 
said here? What's the underlying uh, presuppositions in her disappointment at the church? And what's being claimed in this clip? So discipleship is thrown around quite a bit on the Be the Bridge podcast, as well as in interviews with Miss Morrison. This term, racial discipleship, pops up a lot. When you hear this term, I think it's a pretty big red flag. As you heard in the opening clip, Be the Bridge board member Gina Fimble states that it's important that the church hire experts to deal with racial reconciliation among its congregants, otherwise people can get hurt. The idea is that people need to become more culturally intelligent and become color brave instead of color blind. A more diverse congregation and board is proven to provide a more healthy environment in the workforce, so it should produce the same in the church. This is the assumption. Now, this is a pragmatic view on church leadership and church growth at its core. How does DEI experts calculate the health of a church? Do they measure maturity and health by the preaching and exegeting of scripture at the pulpit or the conviction and repentance of sins and pursuit of obedience to that preached word in its members? No, it's measured by seat numbers, both in the pews and on the board. And not only must a diversity of people be in those seats, but a diversity of theologies and ideas. And this is a huge problem. See, the only unity among the Be the Bridge training and other DEI programs is the unity in the anti-racist narrative. All must believe the same historical past and all must agree to how we achieve the equitable anti-racist future. This is contrary to scripture's calling of the church to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Ephesians 4.12 Be the bridge desires something very different desires a unity of the faith and the knowledge of anti-racism, to disciple men in cultural and racial intelligence so they reach the measure of the statue of the fullness of Latasha Morrison, or at least Latasha Morrison's idea of who Jesus is. In the Be the Bridge book trailer, Morrison claimed that the Be the Bridge book is the resource to help build the bridge between the races. It is the resource to bring racial reconciliation. Now, if she truly believes what she stated, then she believes that scripture is not sufficient, that the gospel is not powerful enough to sanctify us and correct our partiality and hatred, and that Christ's commands are not enough. But we need more. We need what Latasha knows. Latasha is now the master teacher on racial righteousness, cultural intelligence, and will lead the church into a healthy racial discipleship. So this episode, it's a wrap-up episode, just so that you get the full picture, understanding the history of the Be the Bridge, its connection with the If Gathering, and hopefully you can legitimately 
present to people who might, you know, bring up um, questions regarding if gathering and its um, its influence upon the church with this woke ideology, uh, you'll be able to have more arsenal uh, to refer people to um, so that they can become educated into this. Uh, at least that's my goal in this. So as our institutions become more and more infiltrated with the oppressor-oppressed cultural Marxist worldview, and as our nation holds on to Christian standards and morals less and less, I believe Be the Bridge will become even more successful in the business and social sphere. But I pray, pray, pray for the churches. Every denomination is being influenced by this, and the Be the Bridge is having an effective hand in it. The visible church is dividing over it. In his grace and through the guidance of the Holy Spirit, through those who speak against it and through those who personally wrestle through it as it enters their congregation, God will call out his people. God is sovereign and he knows um, He knows the beginning from the end. He knows how it will turn out. And I praise him for it. If your church has been affected by critical race theory or ministries such as Be the Bridge, and by God's providence, he brought you to this podcast. Know that I'm praying for you, and I am more than willing to answer any questions, especially regarding Be the Bridge or the If Gathering. Should you want to reach out to me, my email is thoroughlyequipped316 at gmail.com. Stay strong, share this series with others, test the spirits, be Bereans, cling tight to the gospel, hold fast. To the perfect life of Christ as your righteousness and the penal substitution of his death for your sins. And like I always say, I pray you are in his word. Ladies, if you are interested in the transcript for this episode, you can go to ttew.org. You can find other great resources, articles, blogs, and videos that may bless you in your Christian walk, as well as links to follow me on social media. If you wish to contact me, you can email me at thoroughlyequipped316 at gmail.com. Again, the website address is ttew.org. Thoroughly Equipped is part of Striving for Eternity's Christian podcast community. Striving for Eternity is a Christ-centered ministry focused on equipping people for eternity by assisting Christians to have an eternal perspective on life. They strive to bring evangelism, discipleship, apologetics, and Christian living together for the purpose of eternal preparation by exalting God, edifying and equipping the saints, and evangelizing the lost. They provide speakers, online articles, online courses, books, podcasts, and other theological resources, all centered on God's Word. To find out more, go to strivingforeternity.org. And to listen to other podcasts, go to podcast.strivingforeternity.org. I pray that their resources bless you as they have blessed me, as we live our lives day by day, praising and glorifying God.